Hi, I'm Ben Richardson, and you're listening to the Karate Podcast, where we talk about karate, the competitive sport of Kumite, and the warrior's journey. Brought to you in association with Kumite Coach, the world's first progressive online high-definition coaching platform, created by coaches and fighters for coaches, fighters, and students of karate. Join KumiteCoach.com today and take your karate to the next level. Okay, guys, welcome to another episode of the Kumite Coach podcast. Uh, Once again, we have Matt Price Sensei, Sixth Dan JKS, and JKS England team coach with us. Uh, Just talk a little bit more about his experiences and insights into karate. So, Matt, thanks so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Nice to see you. Hear you. Um, so in in the last episode, um, I know the sound was a bit tinny, but we're not going to go over the same questions. Um, but we will have a good interview and some good sound today, hopefully. Um, so we covered a bit about your past in terms of how you got started in, in karate, some of the influences you'd had, uh, went over your achievements as a fighter, and we were we finished off talking about you know your role as a coach and um sort of the aspirations or the the moments you had that you held dear for for you in terms of seeing students uh, be successful in the competition arena so uh today i'm going to try and just unpick a little bit more about your views on on karate um first of all could you just give it give me this is going to be a, sound like a deep question but do you have a vision for you know dojo karate moving forward over the next uh year you know obviously we're coming out of lockdown now and people have been doing a lot of online training um so we're hopefully heading back into the dojo 2021 is is there a particular vision you hold for karate in its development over the next year or two um, well, that is a, a good deep question to start with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, karate is always developing and uh, and moving forward. Um, obviously, we've just been in a lockdown situation. People have spent most of this uh, this year working on technique. Um, and I actually think a lot of people, the technique's really improving. I think uh, Zoom has been great for giving you technique. Uh, you have that one-in-one environment and you're getting you're getting to see what the instructor wants close up and personal. Um, so I feel now it's gonna be, can we put those techniques into action? Uh, can we move those techniques we've been working on uh, from the Kihon and the Kata and put it into the Kumite uh, back with a live partner again? Can we keep everything smooth and uh, keep everything flowing? Um, karate seems to be getting uh, smoother. Uh, we work on making the techniques um, more reactive, uh, taking away the rough edges and the tension. Um, and can we keep that going? And that will improve everyone's karate and it'll certainly improve everyone's kumite. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned that online now, obviously, you know, we're producing an online platform, which I, I think is, uh, you know, a standout platform uh, for what's available, and, and we have used Zoom ourselves uh, in in the uh, first lockdown in particular, like you say, just to to get 
a level of coaching out there. What do you feel would be the benefit of um, supplementing your dojo training with online training? Well, it is that it is that personal uh, approach that you get with the online training. Um, so, if you look at the platform that uh, uh, that we've developed, you get some of the best in the world showing you exactly what they do up close and personal. Um, I mean, we all love going to the seminars. I love doing them, and I love training on them. Um, but sometimes you're at the back of the room or, uh, you know, you're quite a distance away from that person demonstrating and showing that technique. Um, what we have with this platform and has worked well on Zoom is the fact you are up close. You are right next to that person showing you exactly what they do and, uh, and often what they're trying to do as well. It's been explained to you. Um, and I think that is, well, it's, it's fantastic development that we've been using um, on the platform. And it's shown how well it works over the Zoom. So, yeah, it works. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I, I practice Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well as Karate. And I know I'm a member of a couple of online platforms for Jiu-Jitsu. And it seems to be something that the Jiu-Jitsu community has embraced. Uh, you know, most of my students are part of various platforms. Uh, it's obviously something new to Karate. And I feel that it's something that people almost need to be convinced about right now that this is something that can add value to their their training um you know for me attending seminars i i love live seminars i'll always do them go to them uh but it's remembering that all of those details all those coaching points that you know i struggle with uh, do you feel that the karate community um you know, needs like more time to embrace this, or do you think there's that that movement towards it already in in our uh, community? Um, I think there is a movement towards it already. Um, I can probably helped by the lockdown um, again, is it that people have got they've gotten used to uh, the Zoom, um, they've gotten used to learning off a off a computer or a TV screen or an iPad. Um, I know I have. Uh, and I've started to really, really enjoy it as well. Um, and again, with this platform that, that we've developed, it, it, it just takes that another stage forward. Um, but I, I, I know for me, um, I did this just weekend gone, I did uh, one, two, three, four, eight hours of Zoom training myself. And that's not teaching, that was me training for eight hours. And it kept me involved in, and um, learning the whole time. Yeah, um, it's something I'm pretty sure if you'd asked me uh, a year ago, would I do? I said, no way, no way. Could I be involved for eight hours on a on a platform? Yeah. But it just show, you can and it works. Yeah. And just while we're really rinsing the fact we've got a platform. <laughs> um, <laughs> Karate Buddy. Now, that was uh, developed by Paul Newby. Um, but I discovered it because you were coaching at my dojo before lockdown. And you were always using this, this voice command and this timer to get us pushing ourselves in training. And, and it's something you've used a lot over the years. Could you just tell us about, you know, the, the role that um, something like Karate Buddy can have on training? Yeah, Karate Buddy is fantastic. It, 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 I can't think of, of something that's so simple that has been so useful for my training uh, and for my coaching. 
uh, and for my well, my own training, you have a you have an instructor in your in your in your iPad or in your phone or whatever. You have an instructor there telling you what to do and when to do it, um, and you have no choice over that. You set it. You obviously you set up what you want, um, and you let it run, and it works you. Uh, and again, if you're if you're an instructor yourself, that means you've got someone doing the commands, and you can be looking around and coaching and uh, checking the form. Or are they doing what you ask? Or someone else, or your 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 iPhone or your phone is doing the the legwork for you. So yeah, I think uh, I mean I I use it almost every day, and I have done for years. Um, I use it on my seminars often. I, I use it on my online Zoom training at the moment, um, and I use it for myself. So yeah, Karate Buddy is it's in, it's invaluable. It, it, I, everyone involved in Karate should definitely get that downloaded, especially as it's free. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> Maybe we should change that. Um, right. So, obviously, you're, you know, you've been a fighter. You're now a coach. You're heavily involved in, um, you know, lots of areas of karate. And how has your, how has your focus in karate developed over the past few years? Um. Well, I. I just, I've just kept on enjoying my karate, really. Um, I've sort of done more coaching over the last few years. Um, uh, so, you know, obviously, karate is a very personal thing, and, and I do it for myself, but also when you become a coach, you're doing it for somebody else. Um, so you get a more critical eye. Uh, you're able to see uh, what, what can develop someone, what they need. Uh, so I suppose that side of my uh, understanding of karate has developed and changed. Um, I often find that you, you'll spot something in somebody and then you'll question yourself, are you doing that as well? Um, so um, that circle becomes complete. But yeah, I think maybe that the ability to look at someone's karate, or their kumite, um, and to see something that you think that, that they need and something that you can help them with. Yeah, and as a karateka, you you've um, I guess more and more frequently started to travel to Japan for your karate. Um, you know, obviously prior to lockdown, what impact has training Japan had upon your your karate? Oh, that's, that's had a huge impact upon my karate, but uh, on all parts of my karate as well. Um, if we're thinking about maybe the, uh, the the sport karate side, the tournament karate, I think sport karate is such an odd word where people hear that word and they get terrified and put it off. Um, but it's all just part of karate, which again is something that you see when you're in Japan. These are very traditional dojos doing the most traditional karate training. Um, but then the competition sporting aspect, just part of what they're doing. Um, they they really don't show you know, today we're doing sports karate, today we're doing traditional karate, to them it's just karate. And that's something that I've, uh, that I've really taken on board and I really like. Yeah. Um, I like the whole, I like the way they develop champions. Um, it's part of their culture. Uh, that's what they do. Um, if you're a youngster and you take up karate in Japan, you, it's not something you do lightly. You, you take it up because you're going to be doing it more than likely for the rest of your life if you take it up. Um, uh, so that gives them a big advantage where they have uh, 
high schools, which are karate orientated and obviously going to universities and uh, they'll get scholarships basically to go into those universities uh, to do karate and to compete karate. Um, so seeing that single mindedness that they have there, uh, that's, uh, that's very inspiring. Yeah. Um, and we kind of touched on a couple of things there. But one of the things is that there is still this gap between the, the traditionalist um, if you if you want to call them that, and someone who does sports karate, and there seems to be still that divide where um, not all, but there's a group of traditionalists who frown upon the idea of sport karate and can't see the value. Um, how would you approach those people uh, in terms of sharing your views around that concept of sport karate and and the value it can instill in training? Well, wait, uh, there's, there's, there's loads of arguments one way and another here. Um, but again, to me, it is just all karate, um, which again is what you'll see uh, in Japan. Now, what they'll often consider is your competition karate is a younger person's karate. Uh, and that's what that side is for, really. They, if you've got a young uh, teenager or preteen coming into your dojo, they'll often want to do it because they'll have seen some element of, um, of karate uh, on, on the television, on YouTube, um, and that's what they'll want. And that will then lead them on further, hopefully, then to their further karate development, uh, which it has been and did for me, um, where they then embrace all sides of karate. Um, again, karate, as we do it, it's not an old artist. This isn't something ancient. It's, you know, it's a relatively modern martial art. Um, and the tournament side has been with it, certainly as karate as we know, has been with it right from the very beginning. Um, and it, it's there. It's, it, you know, it will bring people into dojos. It will get people interested. It makes you fit, makes you strong. Um, again, I always uh, I often used to joke, you know, if I can punch someone from two metres away into the tummy in the, in, in the pub when you're next to someone, <laughs> it's, it's still a punch. <laughs> so it is all karate and it's a development. Um, I can understand some maybe some people saying, oh, you know, I only want to do uh, uh, street development work or, you know, uh, street fighting style karate because I see that as traditional. Well, this is just another element of that. This is just another key to that. Um, and it all goes together down as karate. It, you know, being good at um, sports karate doesn't make you a bad traditional karate. It's all part of the same 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 pie. Yeah. Um, you said you know karate is progressive, and um, you know I've certainly seen it uh, from you know the outside. You know, being uh, a martial artist involved in Jeet Kune Do, which you know, is meant to be the formless form um, and borrow from other aspects of arts, you know, what works, what doesn't. Um, what are some of the things you feel karate could give other striking arts? Because, you know, for me personally, I think we're, we're quite uh, very insightful technically, particularly in terms of like how the body works. Um, I think it's got a lot lot to offer what what are your views on karate adding to other arts whether it's mma whether it's boxing whether it's you know another striking format i mean uh, one thing that karate uh one of the principles that karate holds real dear is that is my distance the, the control of distance um so you know we work 
so much in karate to control the distance of a fight. Um, so the ability for you to put your uh, opponent in a position where you can strike them and they can't strike you. Um, so it is a real, I mean, if you, again, if you look at um, MMA as an example there, um, uh, especially if you go back a few years where karate sort of just sort of reappeared, uh, Leoto Machito and such people reappeared in the MMA and you had the commentators, such as Joe Rogan going, look, you know, look at the way they're controlling distance and this crazy things that they're doing to uh, biting from such a far away and then moving in so fast and back out again. Yeah. Um, this is what karate is really good at. We, you know, when we're competing on tatami, when we're competing in tournaments, uh, the best fighter is the person that can control time and space, and that is distance. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit, go back to the online kind of scene. Obviously, YouTube is a massive thing, uh, you know, just in general. Most people have been on YouTube either to watch it or, you know, put their own videos up. And you've got stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of karate on YouTube as well. Um, do you feel there's a danger there that of people watching YouTube not being able to, you know, particularly a novice, I guess, not knowing the difference between good karate, bad karate, um, and then how would how would someone from that that uh, basic uh, background be able to relate to? something like Kumite coach or be able to understand where good karate starts and, and the not so good stuff should finish. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is the danger of YouTube is a rabbit hole. You can get, you can get lost down there. Um, and there's some, there's some great stuff on YouTube, some really, really good stuff. But I don't know for every item of good stuff you find, there's a hundred items of bad stuff there. Um, and it's difficult for someone who doesn't necessarily know in the beginning what they're looking for, whether they found something good or bad. Um, I, so the difference, to say, with the platform that uh, that we're building is it's that structure from the beginning, taking taking you from the very beginning uh, all the way through. Um, and some of the drills on YouTube are great, but they just throw you straight in there, uh, not exactly explaining exactly how they got it to this level in the first place. Um, so that, and some of the stuff on YouTube, as we all know, is 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 awful. <laughs> some of the stuff is awful. I was watching something just this morning uh, that uh, uh, that someone had sent me, and it, it was a, it was a cut finger up and a kumase thing, but it just made you cringe watching it. Yeah. So, um, so again, if you're trying to learn from that, you're in fact you're learning bad habits rather than good habits there which is always very dangerous because you've got to get rid of them before you can progress yeah um and as a coach um progressing people on you know as as uh, fighters for this instance as we're, we're talking about kumite um are there areas that you have discovered over the lockdown period to have maybe more time you know to look at your own karate that you feel generally fighters um, from Britain anyway could could develop further in particular? Um, I think it's always going to be, you always, you know, every week you, you think of something, um, uh, which is one of the, the joys of karate, but also one of the frustrations. There's so much to it. Um, 
you can get you can get lost with it. Um, I certainly the last few weeks I've been thinking a lot about technique again, about making the technique as clean as possible, uh, trying to take away well bad habits if you like things that we we tend to do. Um, just to make the technique as clean as possible, to make it as easy as possible for a referee to score. Yeah. Um, and again, that will always that will always come around back to that again at some stage. Um, but yeah, really making those techniques as clean and as technical as possible. Yeah. And in your opinion, who are the who are the leading countries in committee right now, and what what can we learn from them? Um, in order to develop our own karate? Well, the leading countries, I mean, um, for, for Kumite, uh, I mean, Iran have now won the, the men's team three times in a row uh, at the WKF World Championships. So, you, I mean, you can look at them straight away and just see uh, and see what they're doing um, uh, and how they're developing such good fighters, uh, again, technically extremely sound fighters as well, uh, very aggressive fighters. Um, obviously, then you have Japan behind that, uh, and then some of the powerhouses, France, uh, um, Spain, those countries such as that. So there's always going to be, there's always great fights coming through from all the different countries, and we've all, our job is always looking and, and what. Well, steal what we can really that's how we all develop do you think in, infrastructure is playing a, a large role in that oh massively yeah absolutely um yeah i mean if you look at iran this the uh, the infrastructure they have there is incredible um I, I was chatting to a coach at the last wkf world championships who was explaining to me the infrastructure they have there and it's fantastic it is fantastic. They're all basically paid athletes, full, fully paid athletes, working off a college system where they all fight together. It's shown on television um, in a, uh, a weekly league system. There's you know, huge support turning up. They're all celebrities. Um, this would certainly help you if you're a crusty yeah. fighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's certainly a nice option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so but, what, what, what would you like to see... Um, what would you, I guess, in an ideal world, what would the structure look like in the UK that could help us, you know, develop that level of competitor on a regular basis? Well, I think, I mean, it, unfortunately, it comes down to money. Uh, you, ideally, you'd have uh, funded athletes whose um, sole job is kumite, um, as you obviously we do in other. Uh, sporting activities um uh, we can always go and say that you know we can do our best without it and we can do our best without it and we can certainly get better but if you're dealing again that that, that uh, um, iranian situation i just mentioned there if you're then going up against those people who are you know devote devoting all their time to just becoming good at uh, competitive karate you're going to struggle if you're doing a day job as well <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. The, the, ideally, um, more money and a system that uh, developed with that money would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think obviously we're, we're trying to establish, you know, some level of funding for fighters, for coaches through committee coach. Hopefully we can have a 
a positive impact you know on the uk fight scene at least with regard to funding absolutely i mean any funding any funding is good anything that can help um your athletes uh, you know get out to these competitions uh, get that sort of coaching they need the nutrition they need um yeah anything will help and and push the level of karate uh within the uk further and further forwards yeah um so while we're talking about uh coaching obviously we've got paul nubicente as part of the committee coach team um i've I don't think I've I've been to a live seminar with with uh, newbie, but obviously I've done a bit of a few seminars with him um, over Zoom uh, over the lockdown period, and then you know obviously been on on film set while he's coaching for Kumite coach. Um, as a coach, you know, could you just give us a rundown on how you see Paul Newbie and where he stands in terms of his coaching level? Um, yeah, but Paul, um, you know, Paul's been a great friend of mine uh, for many, many years, and he has a fantastic eye uh, for Kumite. Um, I often describe it as like a genius level where he, he'll see things that other people struggle to see, um, and he'll figure out drills and ways to develop those skills. Uh, he's, he, uh, he's a very unique person. <laughs> he's a very unique person that he that is his his number one uh, skill set uh, it, it, it's like everything that he has centers down towards that finding that a way to make a combat athlete better and he doesn't just do it with karate so he's been a boxing coach a grappling coach wrestling um but he has a way of looking and seeing um uh, and often he'll get obsessive about certain things. He will, uh, he'll see a technique and he'll watch something over and over and over again, far beyond the level that any normal person would watch it. I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of times to yeah. figure out exactly what, what the key is um, and what can be taken um, from that, I don't know, that clip on YouTube or, or something that he's seen uh, at a tournament and re-watch it again on video. Um, so yeah, it's very, he's quite unique like that. I've never quite, I don't, yeah, I don't think I've ever met someone quite as obsessive about that sort of thing as him, um, which makes him uh, fascinating. Yeah, yeah I, rem I remember you told me uh, one time that um, when he when he was, uh, I mean, he's still focused on his grappling, but when he was getting into leg locks, he was watching eight hours a day of uh, leg locking videos. <laughs> yeah, every day, every. And he watched eight hours a day, at least eight hours a day, for almost a month without... <laughs> he basically just watched leg-locking videos um, and the same ones over and over again um, until he could find new ones. And he did that for such a period of time. He came out of his, his almost enforced lockdown at that stage. Um, he came out of it as a, a high-level leg-lock expert out of nowhere. <laughs> and to a degree that... Um, one of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts that he was dealing with and working with um, from, from abroad came over and uh, basically took Paul back with him to coach a seminar on them. So, <laughs> it's amazing. So, yeah, yeah, unique. <laughs> and uh, uniquely, you've, you've both been in uh, 
in a movie together, haven't you? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sucker yeah, Sucker Punch, probably the best Sucker film Punch. ever made. We, uh... <laughs> I've heard it's amazing. Can you, tell, can you tell us a little bit about that journey, how that came about? Um, yeah, uh, Joe Long, um, uh, was Fighters Incorporated, was uh, uh, working, putting together a film, um, um, and he got uh, Paul in originally. Uh, it just had a little role being a boxer in the background sort of thing. And then we eventually got both of us together to a, sort of a fight scene in the film. Um, it's a few days filming. It was, it was really good fun. It was really good fun. Uh, we made the, I think the fight scene, we made it uh, far too aggressive at first. And they said that would definitely get an 18 certificate. So we had to take a little bit of the violence out. But uh, <laughs> no, it was, a, it was a good fun. It was a long time ago now, but uh, yeah, it was fun. Fantastic. Um, and so just to, to wrap up, um, moving into 2021, um, as, as a coach, not, not just for JKS England, but for, for your own club, what are your hopes for 2021? Uh, <laughs> that we can get hitting each other again. <laughs> um, it's, it's such a strange period at the moment, and I'm sure so many coaches will be in that same boat as me now, but we, you know, uh, You've had as much contact with your fighters uh, as you can, but it's been very, very little. And um, you know, a lot of them have been left to their own uh, devices. So, yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, I know a lot of them have been really been jumping in and on, um, such as the, uh, the Kumite coach and, uh, and Zoom platforms. So some will have improved. Some might have not have done quite so much. So... Uh, um, a bit of a rebuilding process, but as we're rebuilding, take things forward. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I've got, I do have a question I want to ask. So I'll probably edit this back in later, into, earlier into the podcast. But um, I was listening to the last podcast, uh, you know, the first podcast we had together. And we were talking about uh, the, me the mental side of the game. Um, and one of the things I've always been aware of when, you know, talking about, talking to you about when you're a fighter and a competitor is that you have the ability to self-coach you have the ability almost to kind of step away from the moment almost talk to yourself like a you know an external coach and get yourself uh refocus what what needs to be done in that particular match um most people don't have that uh, skill so as a what what advice can you give to competitors who going back into the tournament scene find themselves in those positions where things aren't going right and then secondly what advice or what should a coach be doing in a match when he sees a competitor sort of struggling in that that sort of mindset that negative mindset oh great yeah that's it that's two good uh, two good questions there um First of all, for, the, uh, for a uh, fighter, uh, it's, that, it's that ability to train yourself to see the fight from the outside. Um, and this took me years to do. Um, I'd often get trapped in a fight, which we all do. We, you get trapped in that moment. Um, yeah. Aggression maybe takes over a little bit. And uh, you have a plan and it's not working. So you just keep pushing forward with that same plan and it's still not working. Um, but you're sure it will soon work. <laughs> and then the bell goes and you're packing your bag <laughs> um so that ability to 
to, again, as, as you said there, to assess it from the outside, uh, to take yourself out of that moment and look at it from an outsider. Um, so when the Yame's called, as you're walking back into your line, you're assessing what's happened and what you're doing. Um, and, you know, it could be something as simple as changing your leg, fighting the other, you know, changing your stance, um, but seeing and thinking what would your coach tell you from this position and not what do you feel from this position. Um, and try and visualise it uh, that you are a third person. So try and visualise the fight from the outside rather than the inside. And that, that took me a long time to get a hang of, mm. um, but it's something I could do, uh, especially towards the, the, the latter end of my fighting career when I was, I was fighting at my best. I could see it from the outside rather than the inside. Um, I spent many years seeing it from the inside and just getting more... Um, as we're often told, be more aggressive. Um, and that doesn't always work. Being more aggressive doesn't always work. Yeah. Um, sometimes you need to be less aggressive. Um, so, yeah, see it from, train yourself to see it from the third person and question what is your opponent doing and why. Uh, and that will, that will help you do that. Um, yeah. As a coach, we should be doing that anyway. And that's one of the skills of a coach. Um, is to see the fight as a whole and pass that information on to your fighter. But every fighter is different. And the role of the coach is to figure out uh, what you can do that will help that person. Um, and there isn't one uh, size that fits all. Some people need to be constantly reminded in the fight that they're doing well. I mean, you know, they're looking great. Other people need to be told that they know it's... Uh, it's going against them now. They need to start pulling it out. Um, so everybody is different. Some people you need to give lots of advice to, lots of technical information. Others, best to say nothing and just the, the odd moment of encouragement. Yeah. And it's the coach's job to figure out what you've got in front of you. Um, yeah. Obviously, that takes a, a relationship between you and the athlete. And it takes the athlete as well, figuring out what works best for them and relying that back to the coach as well. And maybe the coach won't agree. <laughs> so uh, it's an onward process, um, but it's a fascinating process as well. Yeah, great. Matt, thanks so much for joining us today uh, for a second interview. My I pleasure. I really appreciate it. And all the best with the uh, Academy, with uh, JKS England as well, and your own karate. Thank you very much, man. Thanks, Matt.